Hello and welcome to this week's Macro Sutra. I am Yutaka Bhargav and today we will talk about the latest GDP numbers released yesterday. We have with us Radhika Pandey, Associate Professor at National Institute of Public Finance and Policy, who will explain these numbers to us. Uh, Radhika, to start with, can you just give us a brief on how these numbers were? Were there any surprises, good, bad? Yeah, so, uh, you know, if we look at the conversations around the Q3 numbers that were coming along, there was expectation of a slowdown because we've had two quarters of uh, plus 7% growth. So it was expected that in the second half, the uh, growth will be slightly lower. So the median projections were around 6.8% or 6.9%. So uh, when the numbers came out, they are uh, generally they have surpassed the expectations by, mm. by a wide margin. And in fact, the RBI's projection was also 7%. So, you know, these, all these projections, whatever people have been expecting, the, the, uh, the numbers are way above those uh, expectations. Mm. So it's a positive surprise, uh, on the uh, number. So the third quarter number comes at 8.4% of GDP. 8.4% and even for the previous two quarters, we have yeah. seen that the numbers have been revised upwards. So now for each of the three quarters of the current financial year, we are having above 8% growth. So 8.1, 8.2 and 8.4% growth. So yes, they are, uh, uh, there is a positive surprise on both the quarterly numbers and because the quarterly numbers have done well, yeah. even for the full year, the estimates have been scaled upwards. Yeah. So the first advance estimates projected a 7.3% growth that was just released uh, January hmm. in the month of January and now yesterday the numbers project the growth at 7.6% hmm. which is understandable because if your third quarter is uh, uh, boosting growth so hmm. overall growth numbers also are revised upwards. So uh, is it that all sectors have contributed to this growth or there are some sectors which have done exceptionally well and some which are still lagging a bit? Yeah, so if we look at the third quarter numbers, the 8.4% growth uh, from the activity side, if we look at the uh, sectors like agriculture, industry, services, there if we see agriculture has been a laggard and it was mm. expected that in the second half, agricultural performance will be uh, subdued because of the El Nino impact uneven monsoon and also uh, we saw the first advance estimates of food grain production hmm. for this year uh, it pegged growth to be lower by 4.6 percent hmm. so Kharif output is lower the impact of Rabi crop has not been factored into this into these numbers so that is why agriculture performance was actually in the contractionary zone so agriculture actually decelerated by 0.8 percent it contracted by 0.8 percent but what gave a boost to growth was industry and uh, services. Services was expected to perform uh, well because of uh, the festival impact. Mm. We saw October, December, all festivals were there. And also, you know, the, one of the main segment of services, the trade hotel transport uh, segment. And that got also a boost because of the uh, World Cup. You know, World Cup was organized during October, November. So that also gave a boost to the services sector. Mm. So services, there was no surprise. It was expected that services will do better in this quarter. Industry continues to perform well, though there is a deceleration from the second quarter. Okay. From the second quarter, there is an easing of growth, but still it is reasonably good. It is in double digits. Uh, manufacturing, which is the main component of uh, industry, it posted a growth of 11% uh, plus, so it is good. But what is important is to, you know, see in the next few quarters. What's going to now happen is that the profitability of companies may 
you know uh, start to normalize till mm. now we saw profits were driving this industrial performance profitability of companies but now again if the raw material cost starts to rise mm. profitability will start moderating the boost to uh, manufacturing sector performance that we got in the second quarter and third quarter may not be there in the fourth quarter so that mm. is something to watch out for but as of now industry did well uh, and that is reflected in the overall profitability numbers which mm. are great which are in double digits for the uh, uh, companies in the manufacturing sector so that is from the activity side again from the uh, expenditure side you know the, it's the capex push of the government that mm. has been driving uh, growth which is still there even in the october december quarter overall expenditure revenue expenditure was down but capital expenditure still continues to post a growth of almost 25% mm. so that is driving and there are some green shoots of recovery in private investment so that is driving the growth from the expenditure side consumption there was a slight uptick because of the festival impact mm. but when we'll talk about the annual numbers we'll mm. see that overall consumption has not been performing well mm. so from the activity side the key drivers are manufacturing services and construction and from the expenditure side it is the uh, government uh, in the government investment so coming to second advanced estimates uh, for full year uh, can we do a comparison this year uh, and last year which are the sectors like you talked about consumption how was consumption previously in the last fiscal and this year yeah so consumption is something that uh, continues to remain a pain point mm. we saw in the first advance estimates also that consumption uh, was estimated to grow at 4.4% uh, but when we look at the second advance estimate that is after some more data has come they have updated the advance estimates the second advance estimates for the current year again it shows that consumption is uh, estimated to fall from 4.4 to 3% so that is a cause of concern because uh, we know that consumption accounts for 60% of gdp yeah. roughly so if consumption continues to not perform well so there are questions about the sustainability because investment is driving growth but yeah. beyond a point investment also needs consumption to pick up and we did a you know discussion last week on the various items mm. of consumption and we saw that you know the premium items of consumption are doing well but some of the uh, items of mass consumption are not uh, doing well sales of those commodities are down the sales of uh, fmcg companies are down so there is a uh, there are some items which are not performing well and that is getting reflected in the overall uh, consumption data but what do we do expect is that when food inflation starts to ease mm. we should see that consumption uh, will pick up because one of the main reason that we are seeing is that uh, rural consumption has taken mm. a hit and that is because uh, food inflation is high a greater proportion is being spent on food cereals and all and if rabi production is good we it, it should bode well for uh, rural consumption going forward and what about urban do we get a sense of rural versus urban urban not so well? again see the, we can look at a bunch of indicators and hmm. there what we see is that rural consumption definitely has not been performing 
too well. On urban consumption, there are mixed pictures. There are some uh, sectors that are performing well, but there are some other sectors that are not performing hmm. well. So there is a mixed picture coming from the urban side also. And hmm. that is getting reflected in the various high frequency indicators. Like we spoke last week that, you know, the sports utility vehicles are driving, powering the growth in passenger vehicle uh, sales. And so there is a kind of wedge between rural and urban. What needs to be seen is what happens in the coming months when a food inflation starts to ease. We hmm. should see uh, rural consumption picking up and urban consumption also rising in a sustained manner. Uh, Radhika, going back to the GDP numbers, uh, we talked about how this was a surprise for everyone. Is there any particular factor that, you know, was a surprise like industry services did well and we were expecting that to happen. So why were these numbers still a surprise? Is there? So see, if we, you know, dig deeper into the numbers, we see that it's not, you know, overall GDP is a surprise. But hmm. when we look at the gross value addition, which is GVA, which is the activity variable, hmm. It grew at 6.5%, perfectly in line with expectations. So hmm. there is a, what is interesting to note is that there is a wedge between GDP and GVA, gross domestic product and gross value addition. Hmm. And that the difference between the two is the net indirect taxes. So now quarter three was particularly significant because here what happened is that government did not spend too much. Hmm. There were slower rollout of subsidies. There was slower revenue expenditure, but tax collections were buoyant. So that gave a boost to GDP, but not to GVA. Hmm. GVA will rise if there is greater uh, rollout of subsidies. So normally, if you see, we do not see such a big difference between GDP and GVA. But this time for the third quarter, we saw that, you know, the GDP was 8.4% and GVA was 6.5%. So there's roughly a 2% difference between GDP and GVA. So that is one reason that has driven the, the that has given a spurt. Hmm. And on the annual side, also, if you see what has happened is that for the last year, the numbers have been revised downwards. So that has also hmm. given, okay. uh, you know, your lower base has hmm. given a boost to uh, the GDP, the GDP numbers, numbers for uh, this year. So that is the reason. Uh, but on the industry front, definitely there is a surprise because uh, there was expectation that industry will slow down. Industry has slowed down, but not to the extent that was uh, expected. It is still going strong. It is still on the positive uh, front. On agriculture also, it was expected that it will slow down, but it wasn't expected that it will go into the negative zone. So there are these uh, small elements of surprises yeah. in each of these sectors based on the magnitude of change. But okay. services definitely was expected to improve. Construction continues to do well both in quarterly and annual due to the government's capex push and also due to the fact that residential uh, demand is robust. So there is a demand for construction materials. Construction has been doing it well. It has been doing well, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's doing well in uh, quarterly as well as in annual numbers. Yeah. Uh, Radhika, we have some questions uh, from our audience also. Uh, so Aditya is asking, uh, do you think this 8.4% growth will slow down in the last quarter considering the fact that major economies around the world have started to face the threat of recession? And on a linked note, another subscriber has asked, isn't Q4 generally the highest growth quarter for India? So, uh, see, if we look at the third quarter and if we look at the overall uh, numbers, the annual numbers also what we see is that you know the net exports which is the difference between exports and imports which actually captures the mm. external sector impact on india's gdp it is progressively getting less of a drag on the economy 
so it's its negative impact on the uh, gdp is slowly coming down so that is one good point that mm. uh, uh, you know our exports are slowly picking up but our imports haven't risen too much so the deficit has not increased in fact it has marginally reduced so that has been uh, that has actually not contributed to you know so much decline in mm. our gdp it's less of a drag on the gdp growth so that is uh, point number uh, one and also on the um, we need to see what happens uh, to the uh, red sea disruption because what we are seeing now in the recent numbers we definitely saw that non-oil exports are suffering hmm. we saw that you know for some of the countries for example if we look at country-wise our exports our exports to some of the european countries have started to suffer now because of the red sea disruption so definitely this is one thing that needs that is a key monitorable uh, in the quarter hmm. four and it is something that could uh, cause a drag on growth but then there are other sectors that will uh, pull up growth and therefore the impact would not be so much hmm. because our external sector's impact on GDP is not that significant and tends to get offset by some of the uh, other factors but definitely okay. it is a key monitorable because uh, we are seeing that non-oil exports are starting to get impacted because of the uh, disruptions. Oil exports can be diverted through other routes but some of the non-oil exports are suffering. Uh, it has have actually uh, gone down in the uh, latest quarter because of the disruption. So, Sankalp has a question. Uh, he says, despite repeated grim predictions, India and for that matter, global economy has not done as poorly. Even the US has posted a 3.2% first quarter growth. Why are the major global institutions and experts uh, still being stingy with growth predictions? So, uh, this is a very good point because, you know, all the projections are going haywire. Even if you look at our own uh, projection, yeah. we saw that, you know, th there was expectation that uh, even, you know, the uh, all economists had suggested that growth will be below 7% mm -hmm. and now we get a growth of 8.4%. So, there are certain assumptions, there are, there are a lot of uncertainties and particularly at the global front, the magnitude of those uncertainties are way more higher than for India. They are a lot dependent on what happens to energy prices, what happens to global uh, crude oil prices, what happens to geopolitical uh, uh, tensions and also what is the uh, interest rate trajectory. So, a lot depends on uh, what happens to interest rate trajectory because they feel that if interest rates are going to remain higher for longer, GDP will slow down. So, that is one reason for there being generally more on the downward side as regards uh, projections are uh, concerned. And mm. then when the numbers come up, they are, for example, US, definitely US has been more resilient. There were expectations since 2023 that, you know, second half will uh, show that uh, US economy has gone into recession. It hasn't happened that way because of a confluence of factors. You know, mm. the one is interest rates. The other is the labor market there. So, there are a confluence of uh, uh, factors, but generally what the uh, standard setting bodies or the agencies making projections, they tend to think is that uh, if interest rates remain longer, higher mm. for longer, it would start having an impact on growth, on demand, and that will slow down growth. Uh, Radhika Kushal Swaroop uh, wants to know what these numbers mean for average Indian household. Uh, does this mean that household incomes will increase or are increasing and is this growth ha helping middle class people? 
see this is the overall uh, growth this is uh, and uh, you know if there is if industry is performing well definitely it is a good sign for the middle class also if construction is performing well definitely we can make inferences because construction is a labor intensive mm. sector it tends to provide uh, employment but only on the basis of gdp we cannot uh, have such direct inferences about what happens to the middle income class there are a lot of other factors uh, to be seen so it is what is important is to see that on the one side consumption is something that is still uh, continuing to remain uh, weak because of the high inflation levels and because of the high interest rates uh, you know uh, one major thing that we have seen is that a greater proportion of incomes of people particularly hmm. of low and middle income it's going towards the payment of emis and so that is uh, uh, reducing the proportion of income towards discretionary mm. consumption so all these all these factors have to be uh, taken in uh, conjunction with, but if industry construction is doing well if uh, public investment is doing well these these board well what what is important is to now see that uh, consumption picks up mm. and from the policy front what we can see is to ensure that consumption uh, grows inflation comes down and that will give a, a boost consumption but do we expect consumption to do better in the coming quarters so we need to see what happens to food inflation firstly and what happens to agricultural performance in the fourth quarter because hmm. these are the two factors that will uh, you know determine the trajectory of rural consumption hmm. and rural income what is also happening is while that the farm sector is not doing that well but the non farm sector like fisheries the other uh, allied activities mm. they have been doing well but the problem is that their proportion in the overall agricultural gva is not that high so there is also a case for diversification of the agricultural sector so that the gva gets a boost because farm sector will continue to depend on uh, monsoons and weather events so we need to we need to ensure that there is a diversification but overall we do expect that you know agricultural performance in the second half is likely to remain subdued there could be slight improvement but what the projection is that it's going to remain subdued in the fourth quarter based on the second advance estimates got it uh, radhika gautam singh is asking in the backdrop of recent findings on the consumption data regarding reduced contribution of food in the overall spending do you feel that the government should look at uh, look to revise weight of food in overall inflation and uh, this could help get us more realistic picture of gdp uh, how do you feel this revision could change our gdp projection projections in the coming year so yes yeah, so this is relating to the survey mm. uh, consumption expenditure survey numbers that were announced earlier this week so what we do see is that the proportion of uh, spending on food has come down for both rural and urban but you know what needs to also be seen is that this year 2022-23 was generally uh, a good year after two years of uh, uh, impact mm. of covid so this was the first year when there was a high pent up demand so i think there is a need to uh, look through more data look through i think there is one more survey expected to come so that will determine but if we generally only go by the uh, this survey results then we should see that the weights of food in cpi uh, should come down uh, whether it will come down or not whether there will be one more survey those are something that we need to see because right now only the fact sheet has been re uh, released we need to we need to 
see the full report of the uh, uh, household consumption expenditure survey. But in principle, yes, uh, because the share of uh, food has gone down, it should also get reflected in the uh, CPI uh, numbers. And if it does get reflected, then the CPI will show a lower reliance on food inflation hmm. because roughly right now 45% of CPI is food. If it comes down, then the uh, impact of food inflation on the overall inflation will be uh, lower. That will have implications for monetary policy and then that will have implications for uh, GDP and other uh, mm. things. But there are some uh, factors that we need to consider uh, more patiently that whether this is actually a representative year 2022-23 because this was the first normal year after uh, two bad years. Uh, so it's an extraordinary year. Consumption was high. And the other important thing is that in this year, there was a lot of support being provided by the government to the rural population state support, state funded mechanisms, programs were uh, in place. So that could have also given a boost to consumption. Hmm. So based on all these factors and controlling for all these factors, we need to then make a careful decision on whether uh, these should uh, result in revising the CPI weights. Thank you, Radhika. With this, we come to the end of today's Macro Sutra. Uh, please do join us next week again.